0: This podcast is presented to you by Revolution Students, the youth ministry of Queen City First Baptist Church. For more information, log on to www.fbcqc.org. It's called the gap. It's the gap between who you are and who you're meant to be. God says you're supposed to be this, you're supposed to look like this, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to be this, 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 and this. But you're looking at your life and you're realizing I'm not this or that or that or this. And in between these two, it's called the gap. It's the gap between who you are and who you're meant to be. In this series, we're going to look at how to close the gap about how you can become the person you were intended to be. The person that God created you to be. But tonight, we're going to look at the problem. We're going to look at the issue that's causing this gap in our life. And it's this one thing. It might look like a lot of different things, but ultimately, it's this one thing. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me. Genesis chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. If you don't have your Bibles, the Word's going to be up on screen. Uh, If you have your smartphone, we have the Uversion Live thing. You can just go put in our zip code there, and you can follow along with tonight's message. You can kind of interact with us. We've got some questions in there we kind of want to ask you. Genesis chapter 4. Let me kind of set this up. So we can make sure we have the context of the situation Adam and Eve have already they've already sinned they've already taken of the forbidden fruit they've been banished kicked out of the garden and um the Bible says that Adam and Eve, they had sons and daughters. But, but for our purpose, we have two individuals that we're looking at tonight. They're two brothers. It's the brother of Cain, and it's his brother Abel. And we're looking at their life tonight. Now, one of the things that I want you to notice about their life is, is these are just some good old boys. Up until this point in the story, there's nothing bad in their life. The Bible doesn't record anything that they've done that is just like disobedient or rebellious or anything else going on. Matter of fact, you would even assume that these were kind of some church-going boys. The, The Bible says that they were bringing an offering to the Lord. Cain brought an offering to the Lord, and Abel brought an offering from the Lord. But the crazy thing happened, and God looked down on the offerings of both of these two young men, but God loved Abel's offering. God was pleased with this offering. But Cain's offering, not so much. And when this happened... In the life of Cain, something happened inside of him. Some bitterness, some anger, some hatred started rising up against his brother. And God gives us some incredible words in Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. Listen to what God says. If you do well, Cain, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin, listen, is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you but you must rule over it. Some of your translations might say you must master it. Listen, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. When I see that word crouching, and it, it kind of gives this, this, this perception that, that, that it's an animal, animal fixing a, to pounce on Cain. The only thing I can think of is like a, a lion or a tiger, or something big, fierce, is fixing a, to, to just pounce on an animal. But I've never seen that in real life. The only thing I can think about is a stupid cat. Like, you ever watch a cat get ready to attack something? What's it do? It, it kind of squats down. It does a whole little butt wiggle shake thing, and then it pounces. That, that's kind of what I envisioned. But again, like on a much larger scale, like a, a lion or tiger pouncing on something, and God's saying, look, Cain, sin is crouching at the door. It wants you. It has a desire for you, but you must rule over it. And God has given Cain a warning here. God is saying, look. Sin is wanting to take you over. It is trying to take you over. And sin does take him over. Listen, that's its goal. That's its purpose is to take over your life. And Cain doesn't listen to any of this. And later he finds an opportunity to kill his brother Abel in the field. It's crazy. Sin got a grip on his life and controls him and turns him into something he was never meant to be hear me this is messed up oh not that this happened by no means it's messed up in the time frame that it happened in less than 837 words from the beginning of the fall we have our first murder 837 words tonight's message is longer than that two chapters we have our first murder now if i would have been writing this story it would have played out completely different oh this would have happened but Cain and Abel, they would have got into a scuffle. One of them would have busted the other one in the nose, gave him a bloody nose, a busted lip. They'd have hugged it out like brothers do. And then centuries or generations later, our first murder would have happened. But not this quick. Why? It's because of the incredible power of sin. A lot of psychologists think that uh, the answer to this big problem it's knowledge. It's education. It's about teaching people to make the right choices, to teach people how to make the right decisions, to choose what is right. I mean, come on, this sounds good, right? Yeah, of course it does. Did you know when, in 1901 that the primary means of transportation was horse and buggy? There were a handful of cars. But the primary means of transportation was horse and buggy. But in less than seven decades later, we have a man walking on the moon. We have cured all kinds of diseases, healed all kinds of sickness. In our century, in our generation alone, the knowledge doubles and triples like never before. And you would think that our generation, that era would be, would be known as like the era of knowledge, but did you know it's called the century of murder? So obviously, education is, isn't the answer. Students hear me. Sin is a beast that wants to take over your life and run you and consume you. But hear me, it's not just you. It's everybody. It's you, it's me, it's your mom, it's your dad, it's your grandma, it's your grandpa, it's everybody. Listen to what Romans 512 says. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, all men, because all have sinned. Here's the thing I found out between you and me and a lot of other people in the world is some of us know how to manage our symptoms better than others. Some of us learned, have learned how to control the way it looks to others. And when we do this, there becomes a gap in your life. Sin will never let you become who you were supposed to be. It's going to hold you back. It's going to keep you locked up. It's going to keep you confused. It's going to keep you tied into your struggles. It's going to keep you from realizing who you could be, who you were intended to be. There's this guy in the Old Testament that, that I honestly believe a lot of us are fixing to relate to and we're fixing to find some stuff that, is, that speaks right to the core of where you are at. His name is Paul. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 18 is where we're going to jump off at. Listen to what God's Word says. Romans seven eighteen. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. Students, there's nothing good inside of you. That's what God's word said. There's nothing good in my flesh. There's nothing good inside of you. There's nothing good inside of me. Let me just say this to kind of make sure we understand this. There's nothing good inside of my little boy. Oh, that dude is just a straight hellion some days. He is just terrible. When you drop him off at the nursery and you got to like say, All right, good luck tonight. I don't know how you're going to make it. Th- there's nothing good inside of him. If we were to never teach him anything different, he would grow up to be one of the worst people in all of, God, all of God's creation. He would grow up to be one of the worst people in the world. But because we teach him how to be different, he becomes different. There's nothing good inside of you. Paul goes on to say, listen, for I have the desire to do what is right. I have the want to, to do what is right. But not the ability to carry it out. But not the ability to carry it out. Is that you tonight? Oh, you want to do what's right. I don't think there's a whole lot of us in here that are just consumed with doing bad. I think that majority of us, we want to do what is right. We want to do the right thing. But we just don't have the ability to carry it out. Verse 19 for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want, listen, is what I what I keep on doing. For I do not do the good that I want. I want to do the good things, but but I, I don't do the good things, and the evil things that I don't want to do, I end up doing these things, and I keep on doing these things. For the longest time in my life, this verse was my life verse. I wanted to do the right things, but I kept on doing the evil things. I know what I'm supposed to do, I just don't do it. I know I'm not supposed to gossip, but I do. I know I'm not supposed to look at porn, but I do. I know I'm not supposed to cuss but I do. I know I'm not supposed to lie, but I do. I know I'm not supposed to get angry and mad, but I do. I know I'm not supposed to have, be having sex before marriage, but I do. I know I'm not supposed to blank. You fill it in with whatever it is that you might be doing, but I do. And listen to what Paul says. For if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. I'm like a person that can't control myself. I'm not able to. Students, sin is, sin is so clever in the way it conceals itself and hides itself. Hebrews eleven twenty four 24 says this, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy, listen, the pleasures of sin for a season. Let me just say this. Sin is fun. Oh, it's fun. It's a bundle of joy for a season. Oh, this little thing that you're experiencing. Oh, it's going to be fun for a little while. Sin never looks big. Sin never looks painful. Sin never looks like it'll cost you. Sin never looks like it'll steal from you. Sin never looks like it'll cripple you. Yet it does. And it causes a gap in our lives. It causes a gap between who we are and who we're meant to be. Sin has a way of making us into things we were never meant to be. Did you hear that? Write that down. Tweet that. Post that. Instagram that thing. Listen to this. Sin has a way of making us into things we were never meant to be. And most of us have realized this. When sin starts to pull our strings, we're not strong enough. We don't have the strength or the power to resist this thing. You ever heard about a guy by the name of Samson in the Old Testament? Oh, Samson was a beast. An uh, angel came to his mom and dad and said, Hey, you know what? Pretty much you're fixing to have um, the Hulk. Yeah, this dude is going to be like full of muscles, just like 48-pack abs. It's going to be like ridiculous. Let's just give you three rules to just kind of live by, just to kind of govern this kid um, to keep his strength. Um, he is never to drink wine. Um, he is... Um, Never to touch anything like defiled dying or anything like that. And the third thing, very simple, just don't cut his hair. Let him have like long, flowy dreadlocks. That'd be great. Just don't do them three three things, and then we're okay. And one day, a little bit a little bit later down the road, Samson is kind of walking along, and all of a sudden, this big lion tiger or something just gets ready to jump on him, and pounce on him, and Samson just goes whoosh, and just breaks this dude in half, just like crushes this line. Absolutely incredible. You see his strength, you see his power. There was another time, found in God's word, that he was getting surrounded by, by, by an army. And he's inside his building. He just walks up to the, to the city gates. This ain't gates like you let your dog out with. These are like huge city gates. You ever seen any of the old war movie, fight movies? You've seen these big old protected cities with these huge gates. Dude just walks up to him and just like, breaks them off their hinges. And just walks out with the gate, a gate. A gate. It's crazy. There was another time that the Philistine armies, they didn't really like him so much. The Philistine army is like, like kind of surrounding him. There. The Bible says there's about a thousand of them. And they're fixing to get ready to spank his behind. And he just picks up. They don't have a weapon, a sword, a bow and arrow, a bow staff or anything like that. No, this dude picks up a jawbone of a donkey, of a donkey, and just goes to spanking their behind. A thousand people. He fights a thousand, not a hundred, not five hundred, but a thousand. You see his strength. You see his power. But something happens. He's dating a Philistine hottie. He should have never been dating this girl. But she must have been good looking because he is like madly, deeply in love with her. And all of a sudden, one day she's like, hey, why are you so strong? Why you got them big muscles? And he knows he's not supposed to share his secret. So he just kind of improvises a little bit. And he says, all right, here it is. This is the truth. I'm not allowed to have PB&J. That's not in the Bible. Just work with me on this. We can kind of, some of y'all got like so excited. PB&J's in the Bible? Yeah, no, I'm just making this up for the next little bit. Just humor me and walk with me. He says, yeah, I can't have any PB&J. And so she's like, oh, Okay. She makes up a two to finish chamas, again, not in the Bible. And she puts a little PB&J in there, and he eats it and this and that. She thinks, like, his power's fixing to be gone. They go to bed that night, and uh, all of a sudden she's like, Samson, the Philistines are here, the Philistines are here, the Philistines are here. He jumps up and starts spanking these dudes behind, because she's already told them, like, when I say come, you come and you get him. Well, it didn't work. Samson just put the smack down on these people. Uh, a couple days passed, however the time frame might be, and all of a sudden she comes up, she goes, ha, if you really love me, you'll tell me what you did. Why are you so strong? And he says, "All right, here it is, woman. Here it is. I've never cut my big toenail." And she's like, what? Okay. And that night he goes to sleep, and she cuts his toenail. She thinks his power is going to be gone. Same story. She's got the Philistine army kind of lined up, and she's like, here they come. And she's like, "The Philistines are here. The Philistines." And he jumps up, and he's like, puts the hammer down on these dudes again. And finally, she's just like, "If you really love me, you'll tell me what your strength comes from." And finally, eventually, after wearing down and wearing down. He opens up. He tells her the one thing he should have never told her. He says, it's my hair. I've never had a haircut before. And that night, he goes to sleep. And she cuts his hair. Now, I want you to know something. The man that was so strong, that ripped gates off of buildings, that just put the smack down on, like, so many different people, that was so big and so strong and so mighty, this dude would have put... The Hercules, the shame. All of a sudden, this guy that was so strong that could defeat anything is fixing to be defeated by a bunch of nobodies. The Philistines are coming. She says, the Philistines are here. The Philistines are here. And he jumps up thinking he's fixing to put the smack down on these dudes. And they come in, and they put the smack down on him. And the thing that I want you to see is that he was powerful. He was strong, but, but kind of... Just work with me a little bit on this. The moment that disobedience came, the moment that he kind of kind of, did some things he wasn't supposed to, when this thing happened, he no longer became strong. The twine, the handcuffs that bound him up, usually he had been able to break free from. He could no longer break free from these things. And it's the same thing in your life with this thing called sin. You can't beat sin. You can't defeat sin. You can't do a good enough. You can't be a good enough. There's nothing you can do in your strength to defeat sin. I'm going to try harder. You're no match for sin. You can't do it. I can't do it. Hear me. I've tried for the longest time. I said, I'm going to be better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, God. You'll see. I'm going to be better. I never was defeated Every time. And it's the same thing in your life and in my life. We can't beat sin. So where's the solution? Where is our answer? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians. I want you to see this. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. Here's our answer to this thing called sin. Listen to this. But thank God He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's some good stuff. But thank God He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. The gap in your life from who you are to who you are meant to be is caused by sin. But the answer to our gap problem begins with Jesus, and that is it. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, listen to this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, new has come. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. I think there's some of us in here that we have never placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Oh, you've played a church card well. You've played this whole little Christian thing. Oh, I'm a Christian. But inside, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You are lost as a goose. This is not you. You can try all you want. You can do good things. You can come to church. You can read your Bible. But if you are not a new creation, you'll never become the person you were meant to be. It's just the truth. For the longest time, I tried. For the longest time, I did everything in my strength and my power to become the person I was meant to be. But I never had a relationship with Jesus Christ until I was 18 years old. And let me just give you the short version. If you have never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, listen to me. It's simple as the ABCs. That prayer that I night when I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ, it it was the most bottled up, confusing words. If you were listening to me, you're like, what is he even talking about? It's not about the words of the prayer you say. It's about the meaning behind it in your heart. It's about admitting you're a sinner. It's about confessing the things that you have done against God. And in that moment that night, I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ. It was 33 minutes of me just confessing, God, I did this, I did this. Hey, do you remember that one time that I did this? I I wanted to confess everything that I had ever done from, from the moment I could ever remember up until this point. I wanted to confess all my sins before God. It's about admitting you're a sinner, but it's about believing in, that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for your sins and for my sins because we couldn't beat Him. Only He could. And He died on the cross for you and for me. And He rose again that third day, beating death, hell, and the grave. It's about believing that Jesus Christ sent that. It's about believing that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, here for you and for me. And in my prayers, I, I was like, God, I, I believe and I know without a shadow of a doubt, with every ounce of my being, that, that You sent Your Son just for me. To die on the cross for, for a place that I could never fulfill. I believe that. I know that without any, any shadow of a doubt. God, I want to confess you now as my Lord and Savior. You are my king. You are my Lord. God, I want to live for you. I want to be yours. God, thank you so much tonight for saving my soul. I give you my heart. I give you my life. You are mine, and I am yours. And in that moment, I became a child of the king. And then in 2 Corinthians, what we just read, Billy is able to do something just a little bit different. Where it says anyone there, Billy has got that scratched out in my Bible. And it says, therefore, if Billy is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I'm a new creation because I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ. And let me just say this, students. If you have never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, tonight is the night of salvation. You can do this. You can do this. You can give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. You can become the new creation that He is calling you to be. You can begin to close the gap from who you are to who you're meant to be. But what about us in here that that, that we've given our heart and life to Jesus Christ? You got saved at, at a camp. You got saved at a Sunday morning worship. You got saved at a Wednesday night here. You got saved at home on the way somewhere. You've given your heart and life to Jesus Christ. But but you're not really becoming the person you were meant to be. There are a lot of things going on in your life. You're doing a lot of things that you should never be doing. Don't miss the next four weeks, but let me give you your answer for tonight. It's this this beautiful thing called confession. It's about confessing your wrong, confessing your sins that you have been doing. Because the crazy thing that I want you to see is that whenever you have sin in your life, There's a broken line of communication between you and God. And the only way to open this line of communication back up is confession of sin. And when you do this, then you start taking the steps to become the person you are meant to be. It's a beautiful thing. Some of us, it's been so long since you've heard from Jesus Christ. You haven't heard a word from the Lord in weeks, months, or years. It's because there's sin in your life. There's unconfessed sin. And the crazy thing that I love so much about God is when we confess our sins, the Bible says He is faithful and just to forgive our sins. You can believe it. If I get you to close your eyes and bow your heads, I don't know how God's Word fell upon you tonight. I know that all of us in here are at different seasons and stages of our life. But God, we just lift up right now the people that they know that they have never given their heart and life to Jesus Christ. God, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. God, it's not so much as the words they say, it's it's the heart behind the issue. God, I just pray that tonight they would give their heart and life to Jesus Christ. They would admit they're a sinner. They would believe and know that you, God, sent your loving Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for their sins. They would confess you. That's you tonight. You can do it there in your chair. You can do it up here at the altar. However you want. But for the ones of us in here that have, uh, that have already done this, tonight's your night of confession. It's about pouring your heart out to God and saying, God, I've done wrong. God, here I am. Broken. God, I confess my sins before you. And there is something freeing about being honest before the Lord. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for, for all the students that came out today. God, I pray that that, that you were moving and stirring in their hearts and their lives, God. And Father, we just pray that tonight we would be honest with ourselves, that we we would give all of us, all of ourselves, to an incredible God to be used the way He desires. God, help us become the person you were you created us to be, that you intended us to be. The problem is sin. The problem will always be sin. God, help us break this sin problem tonight and start becoming the person we were created to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.